0: God, sometimes we are so fast to move from, from this moment around the table to the next part of the service. And albeit we are looking at your word, but God, we do thank you so much for the sacrifice that you have made for us. We do thank you for this time and for this space and for this place where we get to, to focus. We get to behold the Lamb who's taken our sins away. And when we reflect on our morning, when we reflect on our weekend, when we reflect on our week, when we reflect on our life, God, we are truly, truly humbled, truly humbled, truly thankful that you are a God who forgives our sin. So God, we thank you for this time. And we thank you for your sacrifice. And we thank you for what you have done what you do what you will continue to do in our lives and God as we come now and as we open up your word God we just pray for help we ask that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning we ask that again we would focus on you again we would get lost in the wonder and awe of what you do what you are doing and what you continue to do in shaping our lives and in shaping our character So God, I ask for help. We all ask for help this morning. Open our ears and open our hearts. And may we leave here changed, transformed, renewed, encouraged, blessed. Because we've spent time with our Savior, with our God, with our Redeemer. And I pray this in your name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, good morning, everyone. It's really, really good to be back. My name is Mark. If you don't know who I am, I'm Mark. I've been here a few times, so thank you to Neil and thank you to the the leadership team for inviting me back. It's so good to be here. And thank you um, for for you for coming back um, as well, to to hear me as well. So it's really, really good to be here. I'm going to be in Galatians chapter 5, so if you've got a Bible, I would love for you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. And as we work through this morning, we, we will lift out some verses in that. I want to really focus in on the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit that's there as well. But I think that Galatians chapter 5 is a great chapter whenever we're thinking about how we, ought, how we look at our character, that character being under construction. I think it's a great passage to be in. It's a great passage because it's all about the way that we walk, the way that we talk, the way that we live. So if you look at verse 1 in Galatians chapter 5, it says that we are to walk in freedom. We're to walk in freedom because Christ has set us free. That's what we spent some time looking at around the table. So helpful, I always think, to have communion in the middle of the service as we remember what Christ has done for us and what we um, can have through that. We have freedom. Verse 16 talks about freedom to walk in the Spirit. Then you've got verses 13 to 21, and that's really the section of how not to walk. So, if you want to know how not to walk, well, that is the section. Avoid these things. We could call them the fruit, not of the spirit, but the fruit of the sinful nature. And it all starts to come to a head in verses 19 to 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious, it says sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who walk or live or talk like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is the way not to live. And I don't think there's anyone in the church this morning that would admit to any of those things or admit that that is a good way or a healthy way or a Christian way or a spiritual way to live. But sometimes we're quite good at hiding some of those sins, and no one would ever know. No one would ever know. So, that's how not to walk. A better way, according to Galatians chapter 5, is to live by Paul's nine virtues or those fruit of the Spirit that's listed, So if you start at verse 22 to 25, we read this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified to the flesh with the passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit." Did you get the nine virtues? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like, this is Sunday school stuff, isn't it? Like, you could imagine this is what they're teaching in the room upstairs, across there, down. I don't know where the kids meet, but this is like Sunday school stuff, isn't it? Doesn't seem like a remarkable set of virtues that we are to live by. Seems quite basic, seems quite Childly seems quite Sunday school-ish. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But this is how we are to live. This is how we are to talk. This is how we are to walk. This is how we are to shape that character that we're looking at. So love, what is love? Well, love is the freedom to walk without hate, It is self-sacrificial, other-person-orientated love. It is a love that wants to serve others, that wants to put others first over and above myself or ourselves. Joy. Joy is the freedom to walk in gladness regardless what the circumstances are around us. Peace. Peace is the freedom to walk in tranquility, regardless of all the circumstances that are around us. It is not holding a grudge against anyone. It is not showing ill will towards anyone. It is living in this world as peacemakers. Then you've got forbearance or patience or long suffering. This is the freedom to walk in life without becoming easily agitated. A patient person endures with everyone bears with everyone, regardless of circumstances. Kindness. Kindness is the freedom to walk in such a way that we serve others practically. It is the absence of malice. It is acts of being helpful. It is acts of being generous. It is acts of justice. It is acts of hospitality towards other people as well, regardless who they are, regardless what they look like. Goodness. Goodness is the freedom to walk in such a way that we are charitable towards all people, that we look for the good, that we intentionally look for the good in people. Faithfulness. Well, that's the freedom to walk in a way that displays trustworthiness or integrity in our public lives, but, and maybe most importantly, in our private lives as well. And then you've got gentleness. Well, that's the The freedom to walk in humility, setting down that desire that we sometimes have within us to have control or to have power, but to lay that down and to be a mild or meek tempered person. Then you've got self control. Self-control is the freedom to walk in a moderate or calculated manner. It is not being impulsive or driven, driven by other desires or passions or greed or foolish spontaneity. So there you have it, the nine fruits of the Spirit, the nine virtues of how we are supposed to live or how we should live. And if this was a Sunday school lesson... So let's pretend it's a Sunday school lesson. I would encourage you all to come to the front, gather around me, and be nice and quiet at the front. And then someone through this door would come with one of the Sunday school props that we love to use in Sunday school. And this would be a big tree, a big tree that's made out of pallets or some other thing that we've painted or done and we'd wheel it out and we'd put it here in the middle and from that Sunday school prop there would be several fruit hanging from it. Nine in fact because there's nine fruit of the Spirit. And boys and girls what I want you to do this morning is I want you to come and for every day of this week I want you to come to the front and I want you to take off a fruit from that tree and I want you to try very very hard. You promise me you'll try very very hard? Yes, try very, very hard to apply these fruit of the Spirit every day this week. Okay, so it would all take turns. It would all take turns. And up you would come and you'd take off the first fruit, an apple, an apple. And everyone knows an apple is love. Love. So on Monday, you are supposed to love. Love for no other reason other than it's Monday. It doesn't matter that it's Valentine's Day, has been and gone, but we're going to love on Monday. So show love to people. Buy flowers and buy chocolates for no particular reason other than it's we're loving on a Monday when you write a post-it note a post-it note to your boss and stick it on his computer and say how much you love working for them and how much of a privilege it is to be there when you put a post-it note on your sibling's door and say how much I love you you're so great just do it because it's it's Monday love on Monday say nice things will you try that on Monday boys and girls try that on Monday and let's show love on Monday so it's Monday well done on Monday for showing love Tuesday you come to the tree and you take another fruit and it's a banana and everyone knows a banana is joy so so, show joy on your Tuesday get your joy on people when you whistle a happy tune when you hum when you skip when you dance when you do those things go on you know you want to because you've got the joy 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 down in your heart where I thought you'd have joined in but it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to get upset because I've got joy because it's Tuesday. Show joy on Tuesday. Wednesday, the fruit is patience. Don't you love patience? Don't you just love that? God bless. God bless the roadworks on Wednesday. God bless the delays on my way to work. God bless that man and like recycling in the middle of the street that I just don't seem to be able to get past, but God bless him. God bless that person that's in front of me in the shopping aisle, holding everything up because they happen to pick up an item and there's no barcode on it. And clerk Sandra, well, she's slowly making her way to the other side of the shopping center, into aisle 121 slowly walking walking away there to get an item to scan but it's okay because it's Wednesday and I'm showing patience it's good isn't it Thursday well let's pause when we get to Thursday let's pause when we get to Thursday because I don't know about you but on Monday it wasn't easy to show love it was hard to show love on Monday because not everyone got the memo that you were supposed to show love on Monday not everyone who came along to Bethany Church even listened to my sermon. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Or you didn't even intend to apply it on Monday. Because you have other stuff going on, haven't you? You have other stuff going on. And there's other people that have done things in your life, and why should I show them love? In fact, isn't that the problem with all the, the virtues or the fruit of the Spirit as we work through them? It's so easy to apply this it will to people that deserve it. But you don't know what my boss is like. I'm not leaving a post-it note to my boss to say how much I appreciate working for them. It was hard to love on Monday. It's hard to lo- love that school bully. It's hard to love that person at work who dropped the ball and meant that you had to pick up extra work and meant that you didn't go home until late on Monday evening. Just hard to, to love. It's hard to love that annoying sibling sometimes, isn't it? Tuesday, well, it was hard to show joy on Tuesday. It's hard to show joy because I'm not a morning person. And life was hectic. Breakfast was chaotic on Tuesday and a bowl of cornflakes ended up on the floor. And I haven't even had my morning espresso. And I'm grumpy without my morning espresso. It's hard to show joy. And don't get me started. Don't get me started about that rat race of school drop off and pick up. It's hard to show joy whenever you're trying to balance work and life. It's hard to show joy when you're stuck in that repetitive role that you have to do of caring or loving or looking after someone sometimes as well. And we're only at Tuesday. That's the depressing thing about this. We're only two days in. We're only two fruit in. And already we're struggling and already we're failing. And I don't know about you. I'm sure you do a way better job of living a, a Christian life than I maybe do. But I'm not sure about you but me, well, when I look at the Sunday school tree and I look at all the fruit hanging on it and I hear someone passionately telling me from the front that you need to do more stuff. You need to show love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And they say that with a big passionate smile on their face. I often think, well, if you'd just seen my Sunday morning, if you'd just seen my Sunday morning, you'd know that I've failed all of those before I even turned the ignition to the car. The problem I have is performance. Because even with my best will in the world, and with my best efforts in the world, I I still struggle. Do you ever struggle? I still struggle to, to keep up with these nine virtues. There's only nine. They're not particularly hard, really. But I struggle to perform, or then I just feel exhausted, because I just feel like I'm just trying to tick off a list. And and I know, even if I master all nine fruit of the Spirit on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, well, I know all it takes, all it takes is for one spiritual spanner to be flung into the works, get caught up in those cogs, and I know everything comes crashing down, and I fail again. I, I wonder, am I just preaching to myself this morning, or I wonder, do you know what I mean? I wonder, do you understand what I mean? But then I think about the fruit of the Spirit and I wonder, is the fruit of the Spirit a checklist? Is that the point? Is it a point that we're supposed to turn up on a Sunday and say, like, how, how well did you do? How many how many did you get out of nine right this week? How many out of nine did you get right on, on Monday? I wonder, is that the point? Or I wonder, is the point of the fruit of the Spirit to point us to someone else? I wonder, is the point to... Point us to how we're supposed to live like Christ, how we're supposed to walk and act and behave and talk and live like Christ. And then all of a sudden, it's not a checklist that we're trying to do, it's a lifestyle that we're trying to live. And I guess when we think about the fruit of the Spirit as a lifestyle, I think the only way that we can effectively, properly apply those characteristics or attitudes or behaviors which are godly, which are God or Jesus or Holy Spirit. We see it displayed in God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I guess the only way that we can practically apply them this week is if we live them through the lens of the gospel. So, love. Why would you start with love? Is it just random or is there something about love? Is it that love draws us back to God? That love points us to God? That we love because God first loved us? And that in Jesus, we get to see the greatest act of love, the greatest display of love. Jesus' self-sacrificial, person oriented love as he lays down his life to save us, to redeem us. Lays down his life so that we could have a relationship with God, a relationship that is centered and grounded in pure love. Or what about joy? Well, it is delight that is grounded in God, isn't it? Who he is, what he has done, what he is doing, what he continues to do in our life. Joy is a rejoicing in who we are in Christ. It is contentment in Christ, whether I have much or whether I have nothing, because I'm putting my joy, I'm putting my rejoicing, not in stuff, but in my Savior. Well, what about peace? Well, our peace is grounded in God as well, if we're looking at this through a gospel lens. Our sins are forgiven. We are no longer enemies with God. No longer is there that hostile relationship between you and I and God. We're no longer slaves. We're called children. We belong to his family. So there's peace. We have peace with God vertically. Therefore, we should be living that out horizontally with all of those around us, as difficult as that might be, as difficult as it might be to live in peace. But then I think of my sin, and I think of the gospel, and I think of the peace and love that God shows towards me. Surely I should be living that out as well. Well, what about patience? Well, isn't God patient with you and I? Patient with our sins, patient with our wrongs, patient with us, long-suffering with us, patient with our pride, with our many sins, with our epic feels that we have. Maybe I should model some of that patience this week. Maybe I should be a little bit more like Jesus as I stand in that queue or as I see that person or as I have an attitude towards someone. What about kindness? Well, God is kind, isn't he? don't we get stuff that we don't deserve? We get grace, and we get mercy, and we get forgiveness again, and again, and again, and again. What about goodness? Well, isn't God good? He is a good father, a good father who gives good gifts to his children. What about faithfulness? Well, isn't God faithful? Like, think about how we live our life sometimes. Sometimes we are faithless. Sometimes we do not live perfect lives. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful, and he is just to forgive our sins. What about gentleness? Well, isn't God gentle? Doesn't he send Jesus? And Jesus is the greatest example of what it means to be gentle. Gentle. He humbled himself, Jesus did. He set foot into this earth, Jesus did. Some people didn't like Jesus. Some people didn't want to do what we did and meet and celebrate or put their hope or put their faith in Jesus. They were very angry at Jesus. Very angry at Jesus. For several years they plotted against Jesus. And ultimately that led to his arrest, and ultimately that led to him being put on trial, and ultimately that led to him being beaten and being whipped, and ultimately that led him to be crucified. But still Jesus was gentle, because I don't know how you react to people that wrong you, but Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Jesus is gentle towards those who crucified him. What about self-control? Well, isn't God always in control? always in control of every single thing in our universe and every single thing in our lives. And he will never, ever act irrationally. So that's the fruit of the Spirit. I wonder if we applied them a little more like a lifestyle than a list of things to do will we do a little bit better in living them out. I said at the start that it sounds very simple, these. Almost unremarkable, those nine virtues. But wouldn't the world be a lot better place if people acted like that? If we acted like that. If we as a church acted like that. If we as a church were known to act like that. Because it's quite easy to act one way when we're standing in church, and then very easy to act a different way when we're not here. When we're not here. I often wonder, if I get in the car, I think I seem like a nice person. I think I seem like a friendly person. I know with all the nods and agrees that you, or nods out there, you, you agree with me. So thank you very much. But sometimes stick me behind a wheel of a car. I'm not always the most patient person. I'm not. I do feel on some of these things. Let me end with a few encouragements three encouragements, in fact. You are not alone. That's what this passage says. You're not alone. You're not alone in struggling to do these. You're not alone in trying to live these out and failing at doing them. So that's one thing. But also, you're not alone because you have help from God to live out these practices. So you've got the Spirit. The Spirit is is our help. And we need the Spirit. We need the Spirit to dwell in our heart. We need the Spirit to take up residence in our heart. We need the Spirit to reign and to rule and to be in control of every area of our life. Not just some areas, but every area. The public and the private, the seen and the unseen. We need the Holy Spirit to take up residence there. And we need help to do that. We need the Spirit to help us to love when it's really difficult to love. We need the Spirit to help us show patience when it seems naturally impossible to show patience. We need the Spirit to help us to rejoice or show joy whenever everything in our life just feels like it's just dried up. We need the Holy Spirit to help us show self-control, to say no when temptation comes or tries to entangle us we need the Holy Spirit just to be that little voice in our head that asks us to think just for another moment before we react just before you hit the horn on the car just before you puff out your cheeks at someone in front of you in that queue just before you shout another time at someone that's wronged you we just need the Holy Spirit just to interrupt that little moment and we need to think well what would Jesus do how how am I living out the fruit of the Spirit right now? Am I living out the fruit of the Spirit right now? And just take a moment. So you have the Holy Spirit to help you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to help you. And you can walk in that freedom and you can walk with that power if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Secondly, fruit doesn't grow overnight. Fruit doesn't grow overnight overnight. You will find yourself in seasons of life where it just feels like you're digging and you're planting and you're watering and you're nurturing and you're growing and you're pruning and you're cutting away. Good fruit, healthy fruit, if you've ever tried to do it, takes time, takes effort, takes care. It does take patience. It takes some blood, sweat, and tears sometimes to grow healthy fruit. And I'm encouraged in this passage that the fruit of the spirit is a process because we're all a work in progress. Like this whole character thing that we're looking at under construction is under construction for a reason. Anywhere you see a sign under construction, and I think Christians should carry that around their necks under construction. Anywhere you look and you see an under construction sign, isn't it a little bit messy sometimes? Isn't it a little bit, mm, I'm not really sure what they're doing here. There's something going on, there's work going on, and I think as Christians. That is what we're about when it comes to the character and when it comes to living this out. I think the important thing about growing healthy fruit is not primarily that you have all the tools, but the fact that it's connected to some kind of life source. That's how you grow healthy fruit. Good, healthy life source. And when we're talking spiritually, Jesus is that life source. At some points in our Christian life, it won't be easy to live out the fruit of the Spirit, simply because of circumstances that we find ourselves in. Like maybe because of an illness, or sickness, or suffering, or grief, or depression, or whatever it is that you might be experiencing, sometimes it's just hard to live out these fruit of the Spirit. And healthy fruit is not, spiritually speaking, is not dependent on us getting some spiritual miracle grow and just pouring that over our lives. Again, it's being connected with that life source, which is Jesus. So it takes time. So you've got help and it takes time. And the last thing in verse 26, it says about keeping in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. I like to think of that as just taking one step at a time. I can cope with that. One step at a time. Even if I'm struggling, even if I'm suffering, even if I'm caught in grief, even if I have an illness, even if there's depression, even if there's other things going on in my life, I can do one step at a time. So if you fall, we'll get back up and take another step forward. And if that happens again and you mess up, we'll then repeat the process. Get back up Take another step forward. I think the important thing I want to say is not to quit. Don't quit. Admit to yourself and admit to others that we're not going to perfectly get this. I think I did an okay preach this morning, but I am, I am very aware that no one, after hearing my preach, is going to walk out here and, and ace all nine of these. I, I know that. I know that. And I know I won't. So admit to each other that we're not going to get it perfect. But maybe it's about intentionality more than being perfect at something or perfecting something. So it's a lifestyle we're trying to model, not a checklist. I think the thing that I like, and this I end, I think the thing I like about healthy fruit is that it's good for you. Other people see it. Other people like it. Other people want it, and other people can enjoy it. And wouldn't it be great if that is how we lived as Christians? That is, we live out the fruit of the Spirit, that that is what people would see. They would see that we are connected to the life source, which is Jesus, a Jesus who can change our lives and who can transform our lives. Wouldn't it be great if we could live out the fruit of the Spirit and we could point people to Jesus or to God, and people would taste and see that He is God, He is good. I think that's why we live out the fruit of the Spirit. Because our church needs that. And our families need that. And our community needs that. They need people who live a different way, who live a better way, who live a gospel way, who live a godly way, who live out, who walk out, and who talk the fruit of the Spirit. And they do that to a broken world. So I'm not going to give you homework this week but I'm going to try to live out the fruit of the Spirit this week. I'm going to try that today, and I'm going to try that each day. Not so that I can be perfect, but so that people will see Christ in me, so that people will see a life source in me. And I'm not on a stage, and I'm not on a platform, but that people see Jesus, and they taste and see that God is good. So maybe you might try that that this week as well. Shall we pray? God, thank you for this morning's message. In so many ways, it's so simple. And I guess anyone in this room could have preached it because we've heard, if we grew up in Sunday school, we we probably know this. But God, will you help us to allow what we know to drop down into our hearts, and then just to drop down into, I guess, into our feet or into our actions or into our behaviors, and that we would live that out. (laughs) That we wouldn't just hold on to this as, well, that's a nice wee way to live. That would be a nice way to behave this week. But that it would be a way that we want to live because we are living a life that points other people to Christ. And I guess... I'm thankful again for the gospel. I'm thankful again that through the lens of the gospel, we can see each of these fruit of the Spirit perfectly lived out through God, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. And God, we're not trying to be perfect. We're also not trying to beat ourselves up whenever we feel. All we're trying to do is to be more like you and to point people to you as well. So God, with your help, will you help us to live like this during this week and to do it for your glory, not for our praise, not for our glory, not so that people think that we're lovely people, but that people would see Christ in us and would be drawn to you and would ask questions about how we live and how we speak and how we walk and how we talk. And ask this in your name for your glory and for your praise alone. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.